0: Welcome to episode four of one-on-one on on the Bottom Line Podcast. I'm Jimmy Fidezzi. I hope that you're doing well. Before we get started, I just want to give a huge thank you to those who have shown nothing but love and support for this new series for the podcast. It has absolutely been blowing up like crazy. I'm booking guests galore. Nothing but positive messages about this. So I just want to take this time to thank each and every one of you who has reached out to me showing nothing but positivity for this series. Thank you so, so much. But lest we forget, we are still a sports and entertainment podcast, and we got a lot of good episodes coming your way very, very soon. So stay tuned on all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at BottomLineWMCX, and go give us a follow while you're at it, please. So stay tuned for all updates on all of our social media pages. So with that being said, boy, oh, boy, (laughs) we've got quite – A bit to discuss with our next guest here. In continuation of our four-part series with First 211 and Concrete Castles, our next guest is none other than the man behind the kit, Sam Gilman. That's right. We're going to talk about how his career got started, how he first got introduced to First 211, what Concrete Castles means to him, and breaking news, Concrete Castles have made a huge announcement, quite a few actually, and uh, we may uh, we might break some news in the middle of this episode. More on that with Sam in a little while. But with all that being said, we want you guys to sit back, relax, have a good time and enjoy this exclusive interview with Sam Gilman of First Two Eleven and Concrete Castles. Enjoy. Boy, oh boy, have we got some stuff to discuss with our next guest here on the one on one series especially with Concrete Castles. More on that in a little while. But ladies and gentlemen, this next young man needs no introduction. He is the man behind the kit. He is a multi-instrumentalist, of course, of First 211 and Concrete Castles. And he is also known as the man who has a much better bench press than I do. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Gilman. Sam, how the
1: heck are you doing, my man? Thank you so much for doing this. I'm doing great. Feeling real strong today, Jimmy. You know, my chest especially. I'm feeling very strong. How are you feeling? Feelings mutual, man. You know
0: what? I, I can't complain too much. It's an absolutely gorgeous day. I'm in a fantastic mood, and you guys have got to be p- feeling pretty damn good as well, considering the fact the news that just broke with Concrete Castles not too long ago, and we'll get more into that in a little while. And uh, we, just might, uh, we just might be breaking some news here at the time of this recording, but again, more on the Concrete Castle stuff in a little bit, because I'm super hyped to talk about it with you. But let's not waste any more time here and get started. So, Anybody who knows me, I have to reiterate this again, for those that don't know, I always love to know origin stories. I'm like, how this person got into this, how this person got into that. So with that being said, how did you first get into music?
1: I mean, I got into music because I have older siblings who are all into what now is my music taste. Like they were into that emo alternative, like Taking Back Sunday, brand new, heavier music. I don't really know where they, I think they honestly might've gotten it even from like my dad. Like I can remember like this really janky hand-me-down iPod that was like a first gen iPod that was handed down from my dad to my, to my brother, to my sister, to all the way down. to. me. So I think it really, maybe even just started with my dad having good taste. Like he was really into like chili peppers and like the clash and English beat. And, um, and then how I really got playing music though. My, my brother, I think was playing, Guitar, and ironically, he took lessons from Ryan and, and, and it's. I, that, I think I figured that out at my very first guitar lesson with Ryan. He was like, "I recognized your last name, and I saw your brother. You know, when I was walking into your house for your lesson, I'm pretty sure you know I taught him years ago. So I wanted to do it. I wanted to play guitar because my brother played guitar. Really, that's it. And I wanted to play drums because my dad played drums. Um, so that really, it was just kind of like, you always wanna do what your older brother and dad, I guess, are doing. So that's really how I got into playing.
0: Oh, um, well, I was gonna say, you you pretty much answered my next question, which is how you got started playing. Cause I, Cause I mentioned before, you are a multi-instrumentalist. You play guitar, you play drums. So you're pretty much all over the map with this band. So with that being said though, how did you first find out about the opportunity to be in first to 11 and also
1: find out about uh, the rock school. I learned about the rock school because there was an, the former guitarist for first to 11, my, my best friend, really still to this day, his name is Ben. um, His dad and my dad are both physicians. They work together. I was at his house all the time. I was playing guitar with him. And uh, I mean, we were young, I mean, you know, eight, nine years old, we were playing guitar together all the time, all day, every day. And, uh, and eventually his dad was just like, just get this kid into some lessons. Like my teacher at the time wasn't, I think maybe appropriate for me, like in what I wanted to play. So he was like, look, my kid takes lessons from this guy named Ryan, who I'll, you know, reiterate he's a bass player in first to 11. And so he was like, all right, cool. I started taking lessons from him. He was like, okay, well, the next step is you should really join the rock school. Like I had, I remember the first time I met first 211, way back in the day, they went by the name M4. Right. I showed up to the to rehearse at that kid Ben's house in this room that he had at his house. So I walk into their practice space, like just the first time I'm ever meeting any of these people. And it was like whole new world. I didn't know that like being <laughs> in a band, I didn't know that being in a band was like, that they were playing like all the same music that I liked. Like I didn't know if this was going to be like, all right, kids, time to play uh sweet home Alabama you know what I mean like it was like Do you guys want to play muse and like heavy music I was like oh my goodness it's amazing so I was like all right I have sign up for the rock school I did I I got a band together for the rock school and uh we just we played shows with first Two Eleven for years and years and years eventually there was a bit of a weird spot where I think I mean I don't know why I wouldn't be allowed to talk about this but some time ago um this company called, I think, or do you remember that Jimmy? Do you remember the show Duck Dynasty? Oh my God, yes!
0: I remember. I remember when that show like blew up everywhere, and I, I, yeah, I, think, so, I, think, it, I think it's still—is it still kind of relevant today? Because I haven't really heard up and talked about all that much.
1: I don't. I don't think so. I don't really okay, keep up okay. with it to be honest. But okay, so it sounds like I'm going on a weird tangent. I brought up Duck Dynasty, but it's actually very relevant because Duck Dynasty—they. um they, took interest in first to 11 i was not in the band they took interest in first wow. to 11 and they wanted to like start some record label tv show multimedia thing and they were like we're gonna have first to 11 be like the star of our thing and the kids were all underage so they were just like you know you guys are gonna have to sign these contracts like we want you to come to nashville and ben's i think there was just a disagreement with the parents about like what they're at the time like Fourteen-year-old kids were gonna do, so Ben was no longer part of it. And then he was like, "You know what? You should maybe you should be a part of this. Like, you're you're my my good friend. Like, I think you should really you should join. Like, you really seem to get along with these people. Like, and so that's that's actually how I joined. Is because this like record. Like I should have mentioned that whole multimedia thing with Duck Dynasty. It like kind of went under. Like it tanked. Like nothing nothing happened with it. So no record deal, no anything. And then they're just like, can you just, can you come join? Like we need somebody to fill in. so that's how I, that's how I joined. (laughs) Isn't that fascinating because of duck dynasty, you
0: joined a band. I absolutely love that. Now at the time, in the first stages of you joining a band, what were your, what were your raw emotions like? Like what was your first take? On joining a band excitement nervousness both like what what were you feeling at the time
1: my my entire life was like I want to be in a band and I want to play music so and I remember like after my very first show like this girl who had ended up who ended up being like my first like middle school relationship like fake (sighs) fake girlfriend thing like came up to like I met her at my very first show and she was like I like the way you play that. Guitar. Like it was like straight out oh. of a movie. No, so I think I like hit the scene really hard with like falling in love with music and uh, uh my my emotions towards it were like just blinders, tunnel vision. Like in even throughout high school, like I know you you know were asking about like my initial thoughts, but like throughout high school, like I had so many other interests that just could never see the light of day because. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do after school for like, you know, six hours every day after school was just like, I want to go write songs. I want to go play with my band. I want to go play shows. So my emotions really were the same then as they they have been for most of my life. It's just like that's what I want to wake up and do.
0: Wow. Wow. That's (laughs) this is really, really fast. I'm really enjoying this conversation so far. We're talking to Sam Gilman here of First to Eleven and Concrete Castles on the bottom line podcast. Now, if I recall correctly, the first time that I had you guys, well, that we had you guys on, excuse me, I want to give credit to Neil as well. Um, you had mentioned that at the time that they were in the, um, the rock off at the rock and roll hall of fame, you were not in the band at the time. You were just really, really good friends with them. And it wasn't really like any competition between the two of you per se, cause I know you, you want them to do well. They wanted you to do well, et cetera, et cetera. So from your experience, if you want to reiterate that story of what your experience was like at the rock off,
1: the floor is yours on that. Please feel free to go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the rock off is such a, okay. So I think Ryan had a lot of, because there was a lot of hype around first to 11 I think Ryan wanted to make a big push for them to win because there was a Warped Tour spot on the line for the winner. First, 2-11 mm-hmm. had already won the year before, but right. instead of coming back and being like a, like a, like a uh, tribute thing, like hey, we won last year, like we're gonna come play a small set or something, not compete. I think because of the Warped Tour thing, they were kind of like, let's make a big push to try and win again. And I was not in it. I was in my own band. And we were kind of like, I don't know how to say this, but like projected to win a little bit like we it was pretty much just me like being like the leader of my my band a little bit being like, all right, like, here's the set, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how we're gonna win and whatever. And, uh, and when I found out that they were competing, I was kind of like, you know, not, I love them. But I was like, Oh, brother, like, please <sighs> just like, wow, oh, man, you guys have to come back for second. So <laughs> I was jo- I was jokingly like, here we go. But I knew it wasn't a big deal only because they were promising Warped Tour spots to the top three bands. So I was like, right. you know what? I don't really need <clears throat> to say that I won the high school rock off. I need to be able to play War- Warped Tour because that's what I want to do. That was like a bucket list thing for me. Mm. And then what happened was they took first, we took second. I think we lost by two points to them <laughs> out of like, out of like 200 points or something, like we lost by two, which is, so I was like, all right, it's basically, we basically both won. Like, I'm fine with that. I'm (sighs) on stage with my friends, like this fine. And the third place band, I can't remember who won the third, who got third place. But I was like, okay, we're all going to Warped Tour. This would be great. And then the judges hit us with the, hey, you know, you guys are first and second place are both from Erie. Not only are we both from Erie, but me and another member, Matthew, were both in, both the bands so they were just like we can't have both of you guys playing warp tour and i was like uh why are you going with this and they're just like we're just gonna give it to the first place bands like first 11 you can go play warp tour my band which is called jack's mom you guys cannot play warp tour and that's why i was like man this is such a bummer but mm-hmm. i should really say that the silver lining in the whole thing is that because first to 11 played warp tour the guy who came to watch first to 11 play Warped tour is our manager and got us and got concrete castles signed. And oh, I think that wow. if, I know. So <laughs> I think if, Jack, if Jack's mom would have won first, I don't think that he would have wanted to sign us. And also I think if Jack's mom would have won first and we had had that time slot, that first to 11 would have had first to 11 would have never gotten the intention of him and concrete castles would have never existed.
0: <laughs> the, the, the more I hear these stories, the more I'm absolutely fascinated and the more my mind is being blown because I did not think to put that into perspective. That is really, really fascinating. so weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, again,'ll we'll, we'll get into more uh, we'll get into more concrete castle stuff in a little bit because like I said before, you guys have really, really crazy stuff coming out and you just released a new single which we'll get more into in a little bit. But going back to, I don't want to say more of the origins of First Eleven, but First two eleven Eleven in general, from your time being in the band, what has been the one consistent lesson that you have learned the most throughout your time with them?
1: Honestly, I think the lesson that I've learned is that like, you, man, it's going to sound so dismal, but I, I really have to say it's like, you it's, it's important to, to wait for things to happen and then get excited about them. And that's such a weird lesson, but I know, especially if Matthew was here, he would say the exact same thing because I think the lesson I learned the most, or I learned that most prevalently through is from the duck dynasty thing. Like they, it for a very, you know, uh, a very kind of, it worked out very serendipitous reason. Like they this kid my my best friend left this band because they thought that duck dynasty was gonna like you know come through and have all this amazing stuff but nothing ended up even happening and a lot of damage was kind of done and it 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 worked out i guess for me but like same thing with like you know not not getting excited about like uh a a release that's coming out because things might really not go the way you planned I guess I can spin it in a more positive way I should say this like you, my lesson that I've learned is to be grateful for everything that comes and to not be upset or disappointed if things don't go the way that you planned I, I think in music that pretty much happens like almost every single day like we're gonna go you know, on tour with this band and then like they break up or something or, oh my gosh, like we're going to go beyond Jimmy Fallon or something. And then like, you don't get it. So it's just important to keep things in perspective and be like, man, we're so lucky and so blessed to have these other things that did really come to fruition. I really, really like that lesson a lot. I I think that can pretty much apply to almost anything really, whether it
0: be in in sports, whether it be in music, whether it be in, in art or wherever that, that lesson can can be applied pretty much in, almost everyday life, pretty much. So I really, really, really like that lesson. Now, at the time of this recording, 1.20 million subscribers and counting for First to
1: 11. On a personal level, what does that mean to you? You know, this is kind of a weird answer, but I joined First to 11 when they had maybe had 50,000 subscribers. What I mean to say is I... I Really cannot confidently say that I was there. I think I've done a lot to advance first eleven. So Mm -hmm. the one hundred thousand milestone, I didn't feel very attached to. I felt kind of like I'm happy that I made like a good effort to be part of a team and to get here. But I think from about one hundred thousand on to a million, that's when I was like, all right, I feel very, I like, I felt like I had a good part in this. So how do I feel? I mean it feels amazing. Not a lot of people can say that they've done that, uh, by, I was, I think I was, I was 20 when that happened. Okay. I mean, it's a lot to do before you're 20 years old. And, um, I also think that like, it kind of was cool because Ryan was talking about this yesterday. Like there's like a little club kind of, of like people who've hit that milestone that like, you get a little bit of like respect and, um, and you have like, you know, people want to know about like the plaque that you get. So I don't know. I feel really like good about it. It feels good also because like, I grinded quite a bit along with everybody else, of course, to put out a week and do collabs and film and, you know, film like three videos in a day sometimes. So it feels very like rewarding. But the only other thing I'll say is that we didn't have like one of those viral videos that like shot us into the mainstream. Like it was extremely like linear to Mm -hmm. getting there. So I think when we hit it, it wasn't like, oh my goodness, like, the, how did this happen? But it was really just like, all right, like, it should be happening in uh, any minute now. Like, you know, five. <laughs> so it was cool, but it wasn't like some crazy, like, hoorah, we never saw this coming kind of thing. <laughs>
0: wow. That's, that's really, really fascinating. Now, also throughout your time, being in a band in general, who has been your biggest Inspiration throughout all this, whether it be, you know, a famous musician, whether you be one a family member, a friend, who's been your biggest inspiration throughout your journey?
1: Hmm, good question. Um. Oh man, who's been my biggest inspiration? I, I mean, it's weird, but like, I was talking about this yesterday. Like, we were getting merch designs back for t-shirts that we were getting or something for Concrete Castles, and like. The right. designs I said wow these designs look so like warped Tory and then I was like well that's funny because <laughs> like the management that we work with they are responsible for so many of my favorite bands like
0: right. they're the
1: people who signed my favorite bands and like did all these big records so my inspiration which I didn't even know it at the time was really like our management like our team like these these hidden faces that you don't really hear like you don't really know of like the manager of your favorite band or like the, mm-hmm. the booking agent or something of your favorite band. But those are the people who went out and like discovered these people that I really looked up to. And I think the fact that they look at us and see like the same potential they did in like, you know, like they signed, like, you know, this is very like name droppy, I know, but they're like, yeah, you know, Katy Perry, we love you. We should, <laughs> we should work with you. It's weird to think that those same people are like, we want you, Sam, Matt, and Andre to, to do this for us. So I think my inspiration is like the people who have that amazing vision to see an artist and really see their full potential. I know it's kind of a weird answer, but you know, no one else in my life really, besides the people that I play music with, like Matt, Andre, Ryan, no one else besides them have been like, like I don't have like a best friend who's like, in a, in a big band or something. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe you could say like train, I guess a little bit. Cause they're from Erie. So I, and I grew up good friends with Pat. So, I mean, I kind of see him a little bit of as, as an inspiration, but you know, I was so young. I really think that like my biggest inspiration is kind of the people behind the scenes who like really make things happen.
0: Yeah. No, I, I was going to say that the lead singer for train Pat Monahan is from Erie. That That's pretty cool. That. That's pretty cool. You're pretty close to him. And may I add that he is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's the only original member of Train
1: still left. Am I correct on that? So he, he is, I think, he was my neighbor for a little bit. And what's so weird is that, like, the guy who, like, and this is a true story, like, the guy who does, like, the exterminating in near area, like a big bug exterminator. His name is Doug. We just call him Doug the Bug Guy. And he comes, <laughs> he comes to our house. And he's like, all right, you know, let's get rid of these roaches. And we're like having small talk, and he's like, oh man, you know, I the the only other place I've seen it this bad is in like uh, you know San Francisco. And I'm like, cool, what were you doing in San Francisco? And he's like, I was playing some shows with uh you know s- something great. like I was playing shows with like <laughs> like I don't know like Maroon Five or something. And I'm like, you're a mus- <laughs> I'm like you're a musician? And he's like, yeah, I was the old drummer of Train for like ten years. And I oh, was shoot. like, no way, like. I had no idea. So the other members of Train are just scattered throughout Erie, and they're like, you know, my like history teacher, and my exterminator, and my mechanic. Like, so yeah, I think Pat might be the only original member, but they're all throughout Erie. They're still around. That's wow. <laughs> that that is
0: a fascinating story. I love that. So now going from first to eleven, now to the origins. Of concrete Castles. Again, we will talk more about the big news that you guys dropped in just a little while. I promise we'll get to that. And like I said before, maybe we might break some news here. Just, just saying, just saying, stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss anything. But talking about strictly about the origins of Concrete Castles here, when you guys got the email that the Velocity Records first wanted to sign you guys, your initial reaction was what?
1: We we thought it was fake. We just, well, okay, no, no, no. I did not think it was fake. I remember we were sitting in the in the parking lot some parking lot in L. A. We had just finished doing stuff with Radio Disney, I think, and uh, and I remember seeing the email, and I saw when it said like we've signed artists such just blah blah blah, like Blink One Eighty Two, whatever. And I was like, I never, I never usually go into the first twelve and an email. It's not like my job. Like Ryan runs the email, or whatever. But I clicked on it, like I could, and then I, I was like, guys, like we should check this email and i just got clowned by first like everyone in the car everyone in the car i'm sitting i literally remember i'm sitting in like the back seat of this bmw and i'm just like everyone's like what are you talking about like this is ridiculous such a scam whatever and i was just like all right i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut you guys can think whatever you want so if, if dave from velocity ever watches just know that i was the only i wanted to call you right away and <laughs> then we did further investigation they're like all right fine we'll we'll call him, we'll call him, we'll call him. And then it ended up being a very, very good idea that we called him back.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how, how's it working out for you? From what, I'm, I'm, I find it funny. You were the only one who actually thought it was real. And hey, turns out it was real because now you guys have a lot, a lot going on. But what, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I mean, I guess I kind of do understand why people would think that's fake because it's not often that you get an email from a record company saying, Hey, we've signed bands like so-and-so like, uh, like Thursday uh, blink 182. Who's another, who's another good example? Like maybe like, I don't know, probably I don't let feel, but queen, like, I I don't know. It's not often you get something from a record company saying, Hey, we heard your music. We want to sign you. So in a way I kind of understand where everyone else was coming from but at the same time i find it really funny that you were the only one who was like hey maybe we should maybe we should look at this because if i was in their shoes i probably wouldn't answer right away i wouldn't but so i I mean i would i I would think about it for a while i would that's just me personally though well
1: well that's the thing like they just wanted to talk to us and uh okay and i remember like i think the reason that i was excited is because i that lesson that i told you that i had to learn about being in first to 11 to not get excited about things i had right. to learn that the hard way of being very like I, I was not conditioned to that life of like i remember like i'd be i i'm signed to the first 11 email obviously and like you know the first month i was in the band like crazy emails were coming through and i was like Are you guys seeing this stuff and they were like don't don't get excited like it's just just keep it on the down low and i was like all right fine I don't know why you guys are downplaying all these amazing things that we're having. And so I was the only one that was excited because I was like, damn, like we need to take this up. And they were just like, don't get excited. And I was like, I know, but this one looks like real, this one looks promising. Like, what if this is real? And so, I mean, yeah, like you said, like I would have been on it immediately, but to be honest, I think if I didn't have the rest of first 11 to like weed out all of the not real stuff, then I would not be able to, to make it in, in the music industry. Cause I'm very easily excitable by excited by this stuff. So. I mean, in, in a way I, I, I don't
0: blame you one bit. I can, I can definitely relate to where you're coming from. So now you guys had your first show as concrete castles recently back in June in Atlantic city, which I had the pleasure of being at and seeing you guys. It was an absolutely amazing show. You guys were fantastic. And look, I, I just want to state this for the record and I'm sorry that I didn't say this at first to Audra and Matt when I had them on for the one-on-one interview, but I'm, I'm going to say it right here right now. You guys might be some of the nicest people I have ever talked to in my life, and that is saying a lot. Outside of my family and my friends, I love them, but out, but talking about like bands that I've met. You guys are definitely on top of the list of some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And you care so much about your fans. It truly is unbelievable. So it was a really, really amazing experience to see you guys in Atlantic City. But on a personal level for you, how did it feel to be on that stage for the first time, A, as a new band,
1: and B, being on there for the first time since the pandemic happened? Oh, man it was overwhelming but in such a good way it was weird because it contrasted so much with the night before we played the night before we played a cranky the drive miserable drive the hotel we were at was really really not not good it was a very very bad hotel and like everyone's in you know kind of a, a bad mood just like man i can't wait it was almost like man i can't wait to get this over with but like Dude, it was amazing. Like, that was the first time, when first Sylvan plays shows as a cover band, you kind of accept your fate that you're you're playing a little bit for money. Like, we're a cover band. Like, we have a ton of fun. But, you know, pl- like, I have, I have two four-hour shows this weekend, and I'm not, I'm excited. But, you know, it's exhausting. It's a job. But when we get to play Concrete Castle stuff, and it's a half hour, and we get to go out there and have fun and play songs that we wrote, dude, it is so much more fulfilling. I mean, there are people in the crowd wearing your shirt and no lyrics that you wrote and come from all over the country, like you. I mean people from San Francisco who came. It was overwhelming in a great way. We're also playing with uh some bands that were like, I mean, they're they're pretty big in their genre. And it was like we're just like one of them kind of like they were just like
0: I, I I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize, but you were showing you were showing the stage with less
1: than Jake. Who's yeah. kind of a big deal, so that that I mean a lot to you guys as well. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, man, you want some coffee?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, like, sure? <laughs> like, it was, it was just weird." Like, I so yeah. To answer your question, it was it was more than fulfilling. It was very, it was like it was like an altruistic experience. It was amazing. It was, it felt a little bit unreal. Like we finished playing, and I just walked off, and I was like that it's over time to drive home. And it was like, we went and got IHOP and resumed our new, our normal, our normal, like cover band lives. But for that half hour, it was amazing. It was also amazing because I had people come up to me and were just like, I think I've seen you play shows like as your best friend for, you know, seven, eight years. Now it's probably the best show I've ever seen you play. So mental. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Now
0: be honest with me here in regards to that show, the drive here, Probably was not the best, was it? No, it was awful. <laughs> no yeah, I, 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 I had a, I had a strong feeling because getting from Pennsylvania to Jersey is like being stuck in hours of traffic in a big city like New York or Los Angeles. like you, you can never get out of it. It's so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, awful. Philadelphia on. oh so I hated it so bad. And like I said, getting that drive down, and then, <laughs> and then having just the worst, like, hotel experience of my life. Like, ugh. I went to go brush my teeth, and I turn on the faucet, and the water is just black. Like, it was just- Oh, my, black. wait, what? Yeah, water is just black. I try and go to bed on the floor. The ground, I, ugh, I hate things. The ground was, like, sticky. Like, it was uh, it was so gross. And then I, we're leaving oh, that's the hotel. terrible. We're leaving. The- Apparently, other people had seen complaints, because we're leaving the hotel, and this guy walks out with like short shorts and like a cheetah print fedora and it's just like get your manager out here i'm going to have a cigarette i have a list of complaints and if you don't get your manager like i will be soon like it was people we were we were not the only ones there that were unhappy
0: right (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) i i definitely don't want to deal with people like that ever but i'm i'm sorry you had a bad experience but hey it was show worth was it. it. It was yeah. worth it because you guys, def, you guys got to play an amazing show for amazing fans, and it, it truly was definitely worth the experience. Now, again, I promise you that we will get to the new Concrete Castle stuff in just a few moments. But before we get into that, Sam, I gotta talk to you about a little bit of sports here since we are a sports podcast. It wouldn't be complete without it because you and I are both hockey fans. We have been for a while. So i got to ask you this. Do you have – I don't think I ever asked you this before, but do you have a favorite team at all?
1: Yeah, I like the Penguins. We're right by – Oh, God, I'm so (laughs) – I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The the
0: Penguins are good. Look, I'm a Ranger fan. I I don't have any hatred for the Penguins per se. Like, I don't don't hate Sidney Crosby as much as 99% of the population – but even still, I'm a Ranger fan, but at the same time, I, I can respect the Penguins because my, my sister goes to school in Duquesne and one of her apartments is directly across from where their arena is, which was really, really cool. And I, I love Pittsburgh, don't get me wrong. I want to go to a Penguins game one day when the Rangers are in town. But even still, how did how, you become a Penguin fan?
1: Yeah, because my – so my dad – my dad grew up in a lot of places. He's born. A lot of his childhood in Belgium and then came back to the States and moved to Pittsburgh. So, and his neighbors were like, you know, Rick Kehoe. You know what I mean? Like his neighbors were Ooh. Penguins. So, like their, their street hockey games had actual professionals in it. And it was, it was pretty cool. And like they grew up going to games all the time. We could go to the game for like five bucks. You know what I mean? It was super fun. And so, growing up, and he played hockey at uh, Upper St. Clair High School in Pittsburgh. So, I wanted to play hockey. So, I grew up playing hockey. And uh, I think it's just proximity to Pittsburgh is why. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like now hockey's more exciting to follow players. Like, since the Kraken, mm. like, totally blew their draft, like, part of me just thinks, like, maybe it's more exciting just to watch players instead. Like, first of all, I'll just say this, and then, again, we'll, we'll have to talk about concrete capsule stuff in a second. But, like, yes. dude – the oh my gosh, they need to get Connor McDavid on a better team. They need to get Connor McDavid. Thank you, God.
0: Spotlight. Somebody
1: else said it. Oh my god, they are god. sandbagging his legacy right now. It's so oh hard god. to watch.
0: I've 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 been holding that in for years. Look, I get it. He's a fantastic hockey player, and so is um so is Leon Dreisaitl. But the Oilers are not a good team at all. They have two great hockey players, but they are wasting the primes of their careers. So yeah. it may be best to ship them off somewhere else.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I, I'd rather, I mean, like, it's it's cool, like, the Hugh brothers are all together, but, like, it's just, like, yeah. how can we not, I don't know, it's where the hockey is such a selfless sport with, the, with like, you know, caps and, and players and people aren't being divas over this and that, but, like, you can't just, I mean, they would be stupid to do that, but I'm just saying, like, Maybe they would be rebuilding their team even better if they're and being like a selfless team and just being like, you know what, you just you deserve, you deserve better. But then again, I mean, with lots of legends, like obviously people arrive to teams that are in need of them. So part of me thinks that I think if he was just like a a normally incredible player, like if he was, you know, Sid, Gino, whatever, like, great, he should be there to rebuild a team. But like, and even like Mario, like the guy on the two cups of the team, but you know what, like people know who he is, but if you're going <laughs> to like, let arguably the absolute greatest, not just at, not just in the league, but probably the best player in his sport in the world living right now, not let him just run wild on like, I don't know, like just throws at like the Hawks or something like that. or I don't know, lightning, something like, Right. How, I mean, they don't have salary cap for that, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> if they could. Dude, right. he would be unstoppable. Mm,
0: yeah. If you surround if, if he was surrounded with guys like Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and via a terrific Vesna trophy winner and Andre Vasilevsky, can you imagine if he was on Tampa Bay? They probably would if they if they had signed McDavid, I'm not saying they, they're going to because like you said, they don't have they don't have enough salary cap space, but if they were going to this year they probably would go for a third straight Stanley Cup. That's how much of a great player McDavid is. And the fact that he would be surrounded by all of this talent around him would make him an even better player than he already is.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I understand the idea of, like, you should have to, like, be on a team to rebuild. Like, they need a leader. I And I, I really do believe in that. But it's just getting to the point now where I'm like, he's not getting any younger. Like, I don't know. That's just my my personal thoughts and maybe I'm just starting to finally face the fact that, you know, Pittsburgh is probably going to be facing a lot of devastation in the next four or five years with people Man. retiring and stuff. So I'm just holding on. Maybe that's what I'm secretly just manifesting that he'll come to Pittsburgh. That'd <laughs> <it. laughs> be a good fit. I mean, look, Sydney Crosby's not going
0: anywhere anytime soon. I don't, I don't think there's any argument about that. Sydney's also one of the, the greats of all time going to the hall of fame, multiple Stanley cups, but I don't know. Like Evgeny Malkin, I don't know. I, I feel like his career is slowly but surely coming to an end. And, and it's really a shame because he he really is Sidney Crosby's wingman. And Gino's been really, really great at his position. But you look at the organization as a whole, I mean, look, look, Mario Lemieux is still involved in the organization. That's great. He knows what he's doing. He's played with them. And look, he obviously is a champion as well. He, he obviously has a championship pedigree, but Look, sports is a business at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, if you recognize if you, you gotta recognize that certain players like Sid and Gino and uh um, I can't name another one off the top of my head, like they aren't going to play forever. So you need to start, you need to get your scouts involved more with them their minor league organizations, and maybe go around the league and say, Hey, maybe this guy can be a good replacement for maybe Evgeny Malkin or Sid in the future would it be great if they got Connor McDavid absolutely yes because they provide more offense but if he's able to play with Sidney for at least one year can you imagine how big of an impact that will be for not just him as an individual but for his hockey career too he'd be learning from one of the greats of all time yeah it'd be amazing I agree completely and and by the way, the reason the reason why we're bringing up Connor McDavid so much is, fun fact for you, in case you didn't know, and Neil brought this up when you guys were on a couple of times ago, that Connor McDavid actually did play for the Erie minor league team, the Erie Otters, for, what was it, like three years, I think he was there?
1: Yeah, he signed when he was 15, um, and yeah, he was the youngest player I ever to sign, or that's the youngest age I've ever had anybody sign, and Yeah, I mean, like we used to go have burgers with his family. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's sick. That's really awesome. I like that. Yeah. All right, we've held it off long enough. Now we've got to talk some
0: concrete castle stuff. I've been holding this in for a while, Sam. I know you're just dying to talk about it. I know some stuff you can't talk about, and I totally understand that. But as of right now, what we can talk about is that you guys now officially have four new singles out. Just a friend, half awake. Porcelain and your newest single, which dropped at midnight, Wish I Missed You, which is already blowing up like crazy. And not to mention, it also features Anthony Green of a little no band called Circus of Vibe, which is kind of a big deal. So, for you on a personal level, what did it mean? What does that song mean to you? And what does it mean to you to have Anthony Green on the song with you?
1: This is so weird, but I was the. I was the only one who actually, like, wanted to have Anthony Green on the song. Like, when they offered <laughs> it, I was like, no way. Like, I've been listening to this guy's music forever. I have all of his CDs. I have literally can't believe it. And okay. then everyone else was just kind of like, okay, sure. And I was like, <laughs> they, no, they didn't listen to Circus Survive, though. But I okay. love Anthony Green. Meant a lot. He did a great job. I love how his vocal sound. And also meant a big deal. This is weird. But to my family, because all of them know who Circus Survive is, are the ones who got me into it. So very right. meaningful for me. I had a great time, and I think you just did a great job. So go stream it.
0: Yeah, no, it 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 really is a tremendous song. I actually I actually worked out to the song this morning. So you guys gave me a new workout jam. So thank you for that. But Good not stuff. only did you no no it's no problem at all. But not only did you did you release Wish I Missed You. You guys also officially announced your debut album of the same name, Wish I Missed You, coming out September 17th, already over a month away, super, super exciting stuff, and not to mention, you guys also have new merch, you got shirts, you got posters, you got signed postcards, the whole deal, and you also have a vinyl being released as well, what does all of this
1: mean to everybody involved?
0: Because Th- this is just, fascinating and huge stuff going on. It's with you just guys. been
1: such a long time coming. I mean, we, dude, we saw these people when I was 18 and because of COVID it's been so long, which is why I think we're all just so antsy to get stuff out. I think it actually was for the best that we had the extra time to perfect and to keep writing and all that stuff. But, um, but I just, it's been so long. I really, we really needed this to come out. So it is like, it is seriously like, oh man, I don't know. Just sucking in your breath for for two years and then finally being able to exhale and just being like, it's here, it's done. The record's been done for months now, but we haven't been able to announce anything because no shows are open. Mm. So I don't know. It, it feels amazing. It just feels like everything's kind of, kind of coming full circle and things worked out the way they needed to work out.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, 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 really fascinating stuff. Now, we interrupt this program to bring you breaking news from Bottom Line Central. Concrete Castles, a rock band from Erie, Pennsylvania, have just announced that they are going on tour. That's right. They will be going on tour in support of their brand new debut album, Wish I Missed You coming out September 17th, 2021. They will be opening up for another great band and against the current who are going on tour in support of their brand new EP, Fever. Tour dates include, in September, the 14th in Orlando, Florida at the Sound Bar, the 16th in Chicago, Illinois at the Subterranean, the 18th in Dallas, Texas at Club Dada, the 20th in Los Angeles, California at the Roxy. In October, the fourth in Brooklyn, New York at Elsewhere, and on the fifth in Boston, Massachusetts at Sonia. Tickets are on sale right now at concretecastles.band. And please go stream their brand new single, Wish I Missed You, right now, as well as their three other singles, Just a Friend, Half Awake, and Porcelain. Now, back to our program. There is one song that I noticed on the album that caught my attention. And it's thrill. And the reason why that caught my attention is because it's an original by First to 11. And the fact that it's on this album really, really made me smile because that is how you guys, well, I don't want to say you guys, I know you mentioned that somebody on, I think the record label came up with the name Concrete Cast because I think they were listening to the song Thrill. So the fact that it's on this new album must mean a whole lot to you
1: guys. Well, that song, that song years ago, and put it out under First 211, and that guy who I said spotted us at Warped Tour, he was the one who was like, just come write a song, see how it goes, and was just like, yeah, put it out, see how it does. It did well, and then I think that kind of gave all of us inspiration to be like, wow, we should do this more often, so I think we were kind of on the fence of, do we leave it as a First 211 song? We were like, "Uh, it doesn't really make that much sense. We should let's just put it as a Concrete Castle song. Like, let's just pull it down. Um, So, I don't know. I think the only reason, I think the reason we did it is because it sounded very much like, it sounded like a Concrete Castle song. Like, it fit in the album so well. And we also were like, it'll give first to 11 fans, like, an Easter egg. Like, we'll re-record, like, a song that they really like.
0: Wow. Oh, All right. Now, 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 I'm really pumped up to hear this version. I can't wait. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned before that the whole, the whole thing with you guys having to wait to announce everything was really kind of like frustrating due to covid and everything delaying like everything involving like music releases, merchandise orders and everything being shipped out. So what was that whole what was that whole process like of you guys having to wait this long and now that it's finally out, how do you guys feel?
1: I mean, we've it's it feels good to have news out because it gets <laughs> it's so weird But it kind of gets like people, it gets people to to simmer down a little bit because like we just avoid these questions because I mean it's been hard to avoid the same question for for years now because we, I don't know, it's like we have things that we can't say because of COVID happening and uh, how does it feel? It just feels good that we don't have to push off anything and we can finally answer questions and let people be excited. Like we don't have to keep people in the dark anymore, and it's exciting for us because we're just looking at our calendars, just staring at these days, just waiting for them to come by. So it feels good. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited that things are happening.
0: Now I know you guys have a couple of uh, festival shows coming up very soon, including one, in, uh, I think it's the Bonnaroo. If I'm saying that yeah. correctly, in uh, mm-hmm. in Tennessee, which is really really exciting. How are How are rehearsals going for that show?
1: Great. I think by the way I can answer this, and then I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to bounce, but. Okay. Um, but things I'm super excited. I that is another so such a weird thing because that's another thing that I was like, holy crap, we're gonna play Bonnaroo. Like my own spins Bonaru, is awesome. I love the names, I'd already known the lineup, and then everyone else was just like, Why are we playing Bonnaroo? And I was just like, What are you talking about? Like, this is such a cool thing. And they're just like, I don't know, it seems right. so I was, I you know, I mean I was super excited. Like, I was like, I was like just beside myself. I was like, I never thought that our pretty much our second show ever would have been sharing a stage with like, <laughs> like Foo Fighters. And I don't know, weird ones like young thug and, and, nice <laughs> and like never thought that ever happened. All my friends who go to a Bonner who go to Bonner every single year, like a group of them, I text them and they were like, Oh, so you're going to be at the music festival that we're, we're going to. So it felt amazing. I love, I mean, Hopefully it goes well. We're probably gonna be playing on a pretty small stage, which is fine. That is to be expected. But oh man, I I'm very excited for Bonnaroo.
0: That that's awesome. Now I know you gotta bounce, but before I let you go, I gotta ask this: What happened with the long hair, man? What what what
1: happened? Like I I, I like the new style, but what 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 happened? I, I actually just got a haircut. Here's what happened. Oh, did you actually? Okay, nice. Yeah. I, what happened is I stood, I stood up to my mom. My mom wanted me to have long hair for the rest of my life. And I did not. It was so, annoying. I hated dealing with it. It was oh so my hot. Gosh. It was so hot on my neck. And you know, it kind of like long hair, having long hair is like working out. Only guys will tell you that they like your long hair. Only guys. Right, you right. The girls are gonna like the long hair. They don't. Only guys. <laughs> will that. So I cut my hair because I was supposed to play one tour with it for my mom tour was canceled two aprils ago just of covid and then i was like you know what it's now or never i just decided to cut it uh and i was like i donated my hair so i feel good about it and man dude i can literally tell you this is probably not appropriate but like the amount of attention i got from girls when i cut my hair was stupid (laughs) i was like why did i not do this sooner so that's why i did it that is (laughs) i love that so much all right well Unfortunately, our
0: time has come to a close. So, just real quick, Sam, tell people how they can find out more about you, First 211, and how they can go get the new Concrete Castle stuff.
1: If you follow Concrete Castles on Instagram, you'll be flooded with all the information that you need to know about uh, album releases, tour schedules, and merch and all this stuff. And uh, then if you follow me personally, there's a link in my bio on Instagram. It's Sam Gilman, S-A-M-G-I-L-M-A-N, one extra N on my Instagram handle. Um, and I have a link in my bio with all that stuff. It's all organized very well. You can follow Concrete Castles. You can follow Audra Miller, Matt Yost, Ryan Rock School. You can follow First Two Eleven. Twitter, Instagram, everything, YouTube especially. Go stream our song on YouTube. Wish I miss you. It really helps us out. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: Sam, you are the man. Thank you so so much for being a part of this series. I truly appreciate it. And like I say to everybody, you are always welcome back anytime. Thank you so so much for being a part of this, man. Happy to be here. It's fun. Are you are you kidding? It's it's absolutely my pleasure. Sam Gilman of First Two Eleven and Concrete Castles, please go stream their new single, Wished I Missed You. It is out right now and go pre-order their debut album of the same name. Comes out. September 17th, which by the way, comes out on the uh, first day of my uh, new job with the Pro Tech ju- the Protect Ducks. So uh, you just gave me something to jam along to my ride to work. So I perfect. appreciate that. Wait, what's that? Love it. Is <laughs> love, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely perfect. What more can you ask for? But go stream their new stuff right now and go follow them on all social media. You will not be disappointed. For Sam Gilman, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the one-on-one series and we'll see you next time. Peace. I can't say I miss you.
1: I wish I miss you too. I can't say I miss you. I wish I miss.